what if you really had to go undercover? What if you're a reporter whose job, whose story depended upon everyone thinking you were someone you weren't? What if? If you're gay, but you're very religious and you don't want to be gay anymore, some people say that there's a way to curb your same-sex attraction. And that way is to be held. We would pick one of the three holds. We were sitting either side by side with the counselor putting his arm around us. These holding exercises or touch therapies are meant to give men positive, non-sexual, intimate contact with other men so they don't seek out male contact in the, quote, unhealthy sexual contexts. There was another hold called the Cohen hold, the counselor sitting on the ground with his legs spread open, and then we would sit between his legs, and he would kind of cradle us the way a a parent would cradle their child. And the third hold was called the motorcycle. You could imagine two people riding a motorcycle, the person behind them with their arms and legs kind of around the person in front. Um, I picked the motorcycle position because I figured if I'm here, I might as well go all the way. And that's when, for the first time in his life, this straight reporter, Ted Cox, felt an erection in the small of his back. My name is Ted Cox, and I'm a writer from Sacramento. I went undercover in ex-gay programs, which are religious programs designed to make gay people straight. The program that I attended is called Journey into Manhood. It's a 48-hour retreat. There were 50 men in this room sitting on the floor, and most of the lights were out, and we are listening to this new agey song about how could anyone tell you that you're anything less than beautiful? How could anyone ever tell you you were anything less than beautiful? And the counselor would be holding us, and the other men in our small groups would put their hands on our arms or our chest or our legs, imparting their masculine healing energy to us as well. And the counselor was whispering in our ears about how we were the golden child long ago and how we used to be healthy and happy and everything was great until we were wounded. Uh, Somebody hurt us and we put up these emotional walls to protect ourselves, but it was now time for those walls to come down. And then after the counselor said that, the entire room broke out into song and we uh, sang the chorus of this this song together. After we did that, it was time for the next man to kind of rotate so we all got the chance to be held by the counselors in the room. The idea is simple. The idea is is that through faith, through scripture, through um, psychotherapy, somebody can basically correct their orientation. Well, correct is not the word that either Ted or I would use. And become straight or at least become less attracted to people of the same sex. Ted Cox is an ex-Mormon, a very ex-Mormon, now an atheist. And when he was going through the touch therapies at the Journey into Manhood retreat, he had been undercover in the so-called ex-gay movement for over a year. He had attended weekly support group meetings and weekend conferences geared towards Christian men and women desperately trying to overcome their same-sex attractions. To be clear, he went into this as a supporter of gay rights and marriage equality for gays and lesbians. He went into this with an agenda. I went in thinking that it would be this big expose, digging up the dirt on these programs and what they entail and 
while that certainly did happen, and I found a lot of things that are disturbing and that are quite sensational, um, I also learned the stories of the men and women in these programs. But before he could learn about these stories of sadness and struggle and fear and self-loathing, he had to get in the door. And to do that, he had to lie. I didn't feel good about lying. Um, I thought I could just go and pretend and I wouldn't get emotionally connected to the men in these programs. At first, the deception was pretty simple. I had to answer some questions online about why I'm going and what my struggle is and what I hope to accomplish from the camp. But Ted was careful to only make up the part about being attracted to men. The rest of the story about his Mormon upbringing and stuff that happened to him when he was a kid, that was all true. And this wasn't just so he could remember it and keep his story consistent. The men in these programs are very open about themselves and they do share a lot of personal things. And so I wanted to know what it was like to share those kinds of personal things. I wanted to get as much of a real experience as possible. The so-called therapy at this ex-gay camp centers around one idea. It's this idea that homosexuality is a symptom of some deeper emotional issue. It is the negative cumulative effect of psychological wounds. So they believe that if you can fix these psychological wounds, that the homosexuality, the same-sex attraction, will just disappear. So they help us address these emotional wounds through different types of exercises. You already heard about one type of exercise, the touch therapy, but there are other less nurturing varieties. In one exercise, we are supposed to share some tragic memory from our childhood or from our past. For one man, he talked about the time he, his dad had um, kind of rejected him because he was, he was reading the newspaper. So the son goes up to his dad and he says, Dad, I want to play with you. I'd, I'd like to spend time with you. And dad says, no, not now. I'm reading the paper. And the counselor tells this man, this journeyer, well, you took home the message that your dad doesn't love you and that he doesn't have time for you. And we need to get rid of this old dad. We need to get rid of this old message that your dad is giving you. So the counselor gave the journeyer a baseball bat and he gave him a punching bag. And he says, all right, you need to get rid of your old father. Just swing away. Basically, the guy is beating his dad to death in effigy. After many swings, the, uh, the old counselor is lying on the floor, crumpled on the ground. You know, old dad is dead. And there's another man standing behind the old father. And he represents the new father, this perfect golden father. And he says, son, I love you. I have time for you. I care about you. I think it's possible to hear these stories about the extreme exercises and the role playing and ridicule the whole thing and everyone involved. But Ted felt nothing but sympathy for the journeyers. My heart ached for them for the struggles that they were going through. I wanted to to take them and say, hey, guys, it's okay. It's okay to be who you are. You don't need to fight this. But Ted's feelings for the counselors is a bit more complicated. I felt a lot of anger, but also sympathy for them because the men there, the men who lead escape programs, they are also victims to this idea that there's something wrong with their orientation. So kind of everybody there is... A victim. Some of them are the victim becomes the victimizer. 
as well. The end of the journey into manhood weekend isn't the end of the story. Ted secretly wrote about his experience, changed all the names, and even though the group had exchanged numbers and were encouraged to support each other after the retreat was finished, he was able to avoid contact with most of the journeyers he had been with that weekend. I felt like I had intruded enough into their lives and I didn't want to continue on with that. But one guy, who Ted called Dave in his article, kept calling and calling. Finally, I told him, Dave, I I have something to tell you, and you're not going to like it. So Ted had to come out straight to Dave. He was very upset, and rightfully so. I explained to him that I'm on his side, that I'm doing this project so that he wouldn't have to go through programs like this, so that people would be more accepting of him, so that his spiritual leaders wouldn't condemn him. He was upset because he had shared a lot of personal information and he wondered why I didn't just stand off to the edges and just be an observer. Why did I participate? Why did I go through all of the exercises? We've had lunch a couple of times since then and talked about his life and what he's doing and stuff. And I think I can say we're friends now. I'm comfortable in saying that. It's interesting is that he talked to me about this idea of choice. What's the problem with his choosing to overcome same-sex attraction? Why is it a problem if he decides that he would be happier married and with children as opposed to pursuing a relationship with another man? Isn't that his choice and doesn't he get to uh, make that decision? And He's right. People have the right to self-determination to choose which path they want to take, um, religious or or otherwise. So it's certainly not up to me to tell him how he should be or how he would be happiest. Like anybody, he has the right to choose who he is and what he does. piece was produced by our own Roman Mars. Ted Cox is writing a book about his undercover experiences in the ex-gay movement. Now publishers, publishers, listen close. Ted Cox hopes to find a publisher soon. Whoa! That's all I'm saying. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.